0: Forest City Church, anyone and everyone. Good morning, Forest City Church, Elgin. I said, Good morning, Forest City Church, Elgin. I am so excited to be here today. It's funny saying that. I thought I was going to get a pen and say, Good morning, Rockford, because that's my typical spiel hosting and preaching in Rockford. Uh, my name is Charbonne Pittman. I am the youth pastor at our Rockford campus. Um, and I'm just extremely proud of this campus because I've gotten a chance to really see from the conversation of like, hey, when we first moved up here, we're getting Rockford together, and it's like, all right. We got another campus coming in Elgin, and just to hear that it was like, wait, but we just, we just got here. What, what are we doing? So to see the trends, the, the progress of. Meeting at the Imago Day building, hopefully I'm saying that right, then that collapsed and then we were at the barn, I got a chance to be at the barn to see and witness and worship with you all for a short period of time, and to see just the progress that you all have made thus far, like look at God, look at God, like look at God, and that's only possible because of you all, so just really excited about that, just to give y'all just a little fun fact about me, this is an interesting season of life for me. I get married on August the 12th. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you are married, you know what I'm going through. And if you are engaged, you are going through this journey with me. So please keep me in your prayers uh, because this has been a journey. It has been a journey. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to transition into the scriptures. But before, before I get into the text, I want to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, allow your Holy Spirit to come into this place right now, Father. Lord, we welcome you into this place. Let your Spirit fill this place. Lord, let the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight, Lord. Let it be all of you and none of me. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. So I want to open up with this text. I want you to listen to... First Corinthians chapter two, verses one through five says this. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I did not use lofty words, wisdom to tell you God's secret. Yeah. For I decided that I that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ. The one who was crucified, I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that again. I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. The reason why I wanted to open up with that scripture is because as we are taking a journey as a church through the book of Acts, one of the first things that we see in the book of Acts in Acts chapter one, we get an introduction to the Holy Spirit. We get to see the one of the greatest gifts that was given to us outside of Jesus Christ. Jesus said it is in your advantage that I leave because when the one that is coming, when he comes, he will give you power. So anything voided of the Holy Spirit is pointless. If I stand up here and preach a message that's eloquently written and my words are so clearly and creatively woven together without the Holy Spirit, it means nothing. So I really want us to pay attention to the gift of the Holy Spirit today as we look through the book of Acts before I get started, I want to ask y'all a question, just by a show of hands. How many of you, at some point, in some point of your journey as a believer, have went to church, the overall big C church, and you've stood back and you've asked yourself this question: How is this possible that in the house of God, we see so much corruption? We see so much sin? We see so many people mismanaging the things of God. Just by a show of hands. If that, if that has ever crossed your mind in your spiritual journey. I believe today throughout through this message. One of the reasons that we see that continually in the overall church. I believe the one of the main reasons that we continue to see those things is that because we do not operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to go throughout scripture to show you that that's not my thought. That's not what Charmon thinks. That's what the word of God says. Amen. In John chapter 16, verse 7, it says this, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper would not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And this is what the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to do. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27, it says, so that he may present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. The church that we want to be when Christ comes back as as the church is the bride of Christ, if we want to be able to present ourselves holy Acceptable without spot, blemish, or wrinkle, we have to lean on the power of the Holy Spirit. It is not an option. It is not a suggestion. We have to lean on the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to give you a couple of things before we get into the main text that we're going to talk about today. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, which means the Holy Spirit, it's its own entity, it's its own person. The Holy Spirit has feelings. The Holy Spirit has emotions. And if you just for a point of reference, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, it it tells us that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Also, in Psalm 78, verse 41, it tells us that the Holy Spirit can be vexed. So I do I want us to go into this thing, knowing that in the same way, the Trinity, we have God, the father, and we have Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not just some side thing just over there by itself. And it's like, hey, guys, you know, recognize me when you can. No, Jesus is very clear to us that, hey, it is important that I leave you. The reason why we have salvation, the reason why there's no longer a disconnect between us and the father. Jesus is telling us, hey, it's important that I leave you. So if Jesus is telling us, hey, it's important that I leave you so the one that is coming. Can give you power. I believe that's very significant that we pay attention to that. Would you all agree? Amen. Then. All right. So we we on the same page. Holy Spirit makes us more like Christ. The Holy Spirit gives us power to witness. The Holy Spirit guides us to all truth. The Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. The Holy Spirit reveals God's word to us. The Holy Spirit brings us closer together to other believers and the Holy Spirit restores the church. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is based on the the capacity we have made available for the Holy Spirit to move. As I said said earlier, if you've been on this Christian walk on this journey, there have been many things that you've seen that you probably look and you just shake your head like, how is that possible? I don't get it. Like, I, I don't understand it. How can we in one minute be operating full of the Spirit? In doing the will and the works of God, and in one minute, be doing the total opposite. You'll throw me that jacket real quick. I want to show you something in the context of the Holy Spirit. Because when we, this is a metaphor. I'm not saying we can wear the Holy Spirit, y'all. But I just want y'all to follow me. Thank you. When we operate in the Holy Spirit, when we allow the Holy Spirit to fill us, when we give the Holy Spirit an opportunity to overwhelm us, to consume us, we are able to operate at our greatest capacity because we're not operating within ourselves. We are allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and say, hey, cover me. So that when the people see me, they don't see me, they see you. So that when people hear me preach or when people hear me sing, people hear me do these things they are drawn to the spirit of god not me but what happens is we will say okay holy spirit i'm gonna i'm gonna let you cover me in this area but then you know in this particular area of my life you know i'm gonna you know I'm saying i'll I'm do my own thing on this side i'm gonna do my own thing on this side so when it comes to some of the fruits of the spirit that when we operate in the Holy Spirit, we're able to flow in like self-control. Let's just picture this side as self-control. It's not, clo- it's, it's not covered, right? So if you do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing to me, what's probably going to happen? I'm going to go off. Thank you. I'm not going to display any kind of fruit of the Spirit. But let's just say in this aspect of my life, I have joy. So regardless of what's going on around me, because I'm covered, it's like, oh, it don't matter. I'm having issues like nobody's business, but I'm good. I got a smile on my face. And it's so easy for us in our lives to teeter-totter and play which side we want the Holy Spirit to really come into our lives and really take control in. And that is one of the reasons we see the church, the overall church, in the condition that it is in. Because when we look through the book of Acts, we're able to see what happens when the Holy Spirit is operating at his greatest capacity. When we make room for the Holy Spirit to come in and fill up our lives, fill up the church, we are able to be on one accord as the church in Acts was. So I want you to really be thinking about the significance of what it means to really allow the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you, for you to really allow the Holy Spirit to say, hey, I'm yours. Use me however you want to use me. Whatever you say I'll do, I will submit my will to your will. Now, if you're listening to me, you may say, okay, so what does that look like? I got you. We're going to look at Uh, The main text that we're going to come from is Acts chapter one, verse eight. But I want to start with Acts chapter one, verses one through five. It says in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you heard from me. Now, I'm going to go to verse five, but I want to put this, 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 I want to interject something In this passage, as we see verses one through four, we see the Holy Spirit be introduced to us as an instructor. The Holy Spirit gives instruction. So that is a clear indication that if we are not being sensitive enough in our walk, in our relationship with God, that we cannot hear the Holy Spirit instruct us on things, there's a problem. Because if one of the first instances that we see of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is giving instruction. We must be willing to humble ourselves, adhere to the word and the, what the Holy Spirit is telling us to do and submit our will so that his will can be done. Amen. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the first encounter is to accomplish the will and the purpose that God has set for us. In verse 5, it says this, for John was baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, as we know, when John is baptizing in baptism, we are fully submerged, right? When you go down in the water, you are fully consumed. So when he's talking about how we saw John baptizing people, but not many days from now, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That means we will be fully consumed with the Holy Spirit. So in the believer's journey, one, we must go through the water baptism, which is our public proclamation and declaration that, hey, I am a believer in Jesus Christ. I believe he died on the cross for my sins and that he is the son of God. But it does not stop there. We have to be willing to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So what does that look like? Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. i read that again. But you will, not might, not maybe, not a possibility. You will receive power. Now, I don't know about y'all. But when I read that text, I get a little excited because if the father is telling me, if I follow this path the way you are instructing me to, I will have power. Now, for some of us, we may say, "Okay, what does power really mean? It's like, oh, you know, you can control some stuff. You got a little authority on your belt. You a supervisor. You a manager. Might be a little owner or something. A little owner or something. But the word power in the Greek the word is, that, that is used in this text is dunamis. And the Greek word dunamis means strength, power, or ability. Dunamis is not just any power, though. The word often refers to miraculous power or marvelous works. So when he's saying you will receive power, he's telling us that we will receive the ability to do the miraculous. We will receive the ability to do marvelous works. That the same power that was in Christ Jesus that raised him from the dead, that is the power that we receive. That's not just for the pastor, y'all. That's not just for the worship team. That's for every single one of us that are considered believers in the kingdom. That means we should be seeing in the congregation marvelous works being displayed through every single individual that has laid their lives down for Jesus Christ. One of the issues that I believe in the overall Big C church is that we depend too much on those on this right here. Because I can tell you right now, I've been doing this a long time. I've been in ministry since I was 14 years old. I'll be 30 next year. I get tired. As Brear was saying, I I'm all, most of the time I got a smile on my face. I'm happy-go-lucky and I'm energetic. But there are days where I'm weary. There are days when I don't want to be bothered, believe it or not. There are days where I'm human. And it is in those moments where I need to rub shoulders with somebody else in the faith that can encourage me. That can preach a sermon to me. That I can lay my head on and weep for a little while and be encouraged. And somebody tell me, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Just keep trusting. It is our responsibility as the body of Christ to have the full display of all that God wants to do through us. And every single one of us has access to that because it says you will receive power. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 through 21 says this, Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he was raised from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. Immeasurable greatness of his power. That is the same power that operates on the inside of us. Not small power. Immeasurable. Which means we should be operating at a capacity where people are like, oh, my God, what God do you believe in? What is this God? When the children of Israel were were leaving Egypt and Moses by the being led by the Holy Spirit was able to part the Red Seas, these were displays that made people be like, who is this God? When Elijah was going back and forth in battle and was winning and doing all of these things, people was like, hey, what is this God that you serve? It was that by them witnessing the miraculous, we are able to see not only who is the one and only the, hev- the creator of heaven and earth. We're also able to see that he loves us enough to let us be stewards here on earth of his glory. He allows us to share within that power. And I really want us to take hold to that. I really want us to be able to say, hey, this is not just for some people. This is for me as well. It's not just for those I don't just have to witness it from afar. I can witness it myself. And it made me think about, I'm a big movie guy. It made me think about this movie called Angels in the Outfield. Raise your hand if you ever heard about it. You ever heard that movie, Angels in the Outfield? Okay. So not that many of you have heard about it or you just didn't raise your hand, but it's okay. I'm going to educate you on it. Angels in the Outfield is one of my favorite movies because it it really when we talk about the dunamis power, this, these miracles and marvelous works, we get a chance to see in this movie, how the young man, his name is Roger and Roger makes this prayer to God. He's going through some things and he asks God, he asks God the question. He says, God, I sure would like my family to be back together. Can you help me out down here? Now, Roger's father tells him the only way he will come back or, or the family can be reconciled is if the angels make it to the World Series. Now, mind you, this is a very bold statement because the angels at this point, they suck. They are completely trash. They can't do basic things like catch a ball. And these are supposed to be pro athletes. So when he says this, he's saying this to his son, saying, like, basically, there's no chance that could happen. This family cannot be restored. So when he prays this prayer, God hears him. So what begins to happen is they begin, the angels begin to have these miraculous encounters in the field, angels in the outfield. So they go from not being able to do basic things to being able to do miraculous things with the help of the angels. And this particular movie kind of, it, it shows you like the angels actually helping them catch the ball. So, you know, they're running and then the angel will lift them up and then they'll, they'll make these miraculous, marvelous catches. And people are like, oh, my God, what's going on with the angels? But I want but what I want us to pay attention to is that the angels could not have come if they weren't summoned. They came on a mission. In order for them to come, there had to be an an assignment for something to be completed. And that assignment was rooted in community. The young man says, hey, my family is destroyed. God, can you help me out down here? I just want my family back. And what began to happen as the angels began to come on the field and help them do these miraculous things not only did it bring unity in the team it began to bring his family back together and they go on in the movie they go on to the world series and so forth and his prayer that he asked god for the angels help him accomplish that now we see that very practically in that movie y'all following my reference i ain't lost nobody have okay so in the same way that the angels, we see in this movie, the angels have given, been given an assignment. They go down to earth and they help this young man's family get back together. The Holy Spirit is given to us so we can accomplish a mission. That means every single one of us in this room has a mission. And in the same way the angels in the outfield help the baseball team, The Holy Spirit is saying, hey, listen, hey, all y'all down there, Fort City Church, Elgin, I'm going to give y'all some power because I need y'all to restore the church. I need you to be examples on earth of who I am. I need y'all to help me bring my kingdom that is here in heaven down to earth. I cannot do it without you the issues that we see in this world, I've given you the power to fix it. I died on the cross so that you could have the power that no demon in hell could raise up against you and you not be able to look at it and say, why you messing with me? You ain't got no power. Do you know who I am? I'm a child of the most high. Move out the way. That in the face of adversities, we can look at these things and say, you know what, That you know, ouch, whatever, move. There should be no reason why we as the body of Christ, as a representation of the most high, telling us we will receive power, that we walk around with our heads low, defeated, discouraged. And I'm not saying life won't happen. That ain't what I'm saying, because life will happen. But there is a power There is a standard that is raised up on the inside of us when we allow the Holy Spirit to dwell in us that nothing can really shake us. That we are able to operate in a level of peace when the world is in utter chaos. And one of the ways that we are able to really take hold of the power that the Holy Spirit gives us is by that next part in verse in verse eight. It says, and you will be my witnesses. So not only will we receive power, there's something to do with that power. Again, assignment. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That scripture sounds good, though, right? Would y'all agree? Sounds great. But what does that mean? What does it mean? We're going to be witnesses. It's like, okay, cool. Like, what you want me to do? Like you stand on the corner and be like, "Hey, y'all know Jesus loves you." Like, there's a part of that in there, but the thing that I love, in this verse, is that it does not. It really goes so far in depth when we look further into this text. Now, in Judea, when he said, "You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea," now Judea is the people that in that time. They thought they were less like people. They were better than them. So you're going to be a witness to somebody that you look down on, that you don't even think is worthy of your existence. They're not worthy to be on, in the same room as you. They're not worthy to sit on the same row as you. These are the people I want you to be a witness to. Then he takes it a step further and says, and in Samaria, these are the people you can't stand. These are people when you see them, you like, nope, I'm good. I'm hiding. Oh, y'all can act like I ain't never did that before. Y'all saw somebody walk about you was like, what was I thinking about? We will be witnessing to them. And then this is the home run and to the ends of the earth. These are the people we have no desire to understand. These are the people that we say, I could kill us whether I have a conversation with you. I don't care about why you do what you do. I'm not trying to understand you. I don't care. I have no reason to try to care. The Holy Spirit is is empowering us to be able to reach everybody. So on this mission, we are required to steward this well to make sure that we reach all of those in Judea, all of those in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the, the power that the Holy Spirit is giving us to be able to do that. And then this, we're able to be ambassadors. We're able to be ambassadors of the Holy Spirit. that when people see us, they no longer see us. They see the Holy Spirit. They are drawn to the Spirit of God that dwells on the inside of us. And I want to tell this story as I close out. Um, I am very mindful of... Uh, I don't, I don't like to share, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come down here. I don't like to really share stories like when God does things or um, in moments where God will have me speak to someone because I just, I don't know, it's personal to me. But I was encouraged to tell this story because it, it, it really brings forth how the Holy Spirit works powerfully in our lives. Me and Lauren were uh, leaving a, a worship night and we went to dinner, got something to eat. And on our way out, uh, we were just kind of standing in front of the restaurant talking. And as we were standing outside talking, there was a lady who began to walk down the street. And when she saw us, she started, like, to cross over. Now, I know I'm a pastor, y'all, but, like, I'm very protective. So sometimes my demeanor can shift real quick when I'm in protective mode because I'm like, what are you doing? Like, is this a threat? Like, I'm about to have to, have to hurt somebody. Like, what are we finna do? What is this situation going to pan out to be? So I'm looking at the lady, and I'm like, okay, what are you doing? And she begins to walk off, so I kind of look at her. I'm like, okay, she's not, she's not a threat. Maybe she's want to talk. All right, Lord, what is happening right now? And then she began to talk to us, she just kind of really started talking about her life and what she got going on. She didn't want anything. She wasn't asking for money or nothing. So she kept talking. I said, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do in this moment? What, what is this encounter for? Why is this lady talking to us? And he took me to Acts 2.17 in the moment. And what Acts 2.17 says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit into all mankind. Young men will prophesy. Old men will see visions and all these different things. And I began to tell her that. I said, listen, I don't take this as a joke. I, most of the time, God had to pull stuff out of me. God will give me something to say to somebody. I'm like, I don't play with you. Ain't nobody going to be able to say, what's well, your mind lot. No, 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 no. I would rather be quiet than say something. He began to keep tugging on me like, say what I'm telling you to say. So I tell the lady this, and she looks at me, and she's like, I have never been able to understand the book of Acts. But in you telling me what you just told me, I get it. Like, I'm understand. Like i like, wow, how did you notice? That? I'm like, that's not me. I just told you this ain't me talking. <laughs> I want you to understand I don't have those capabilities to do that. It's not about Sharman at this point. It's about you. God just is using me as a vessel to speak to you. And then we begin to continue to talk, and this is the most important part of this this story. She began to tell us about her life and, you know, how she's, her journey with her faith and how she's been back and forth, and, and she's really trying her best to pursue God. And in that moment as she's talking, God took me to Jeremiah 29 and 11. And Jeremiah 29 and 11 says this, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans of a future for you. I care for you. I tell her this, she starts crying. She says at my lowest moment, she said my husband was cheating on me. And I had a gun in my hand. And I was about to go upstairs. And God arrested me and took me to that scripture and I broke. How could Charmaine know that? I couldn't. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. When we submit ourselves and we make ourselves available, when when we don't say, well, listen, it's getting late. I want to go home. I don't want to talk to nobody. When we make space for the Holy Spirit to say, let me use you in this moment, please. I I want to show somebody that I love them. I want to show them how much God is thinking about them. Let me use you, please. When we make space for the Holy Spirit, we begin to see the power of the Holy Spirit, but it can only happen if we make space. It can only happen if we follow the instructions of the Holy Spirit. We can only be the church that we want to be if we follow the instructions of the Holy Spirit. That same encounter and opportunity, every single one of us in this room are capable of having those. I'm not special. I'm t- nothing about me is special. I've just been willing to say, Lord, use me. Lord, I'm going to submit my life to you as much as I can. Far from perfect, but I'm striving to just be here on this earth and do whatever it is you've called me to do. And in this book of Acts, as a church, our lead pastor, Eric Parks, gave us this acronym. And I want you to really pay attention to this, if you can write it down, this is the vision that we have as we journey through the book of Acts. You're going to see this come up continuously throughout this time that we are trying to do, as Bria said earlier, life together. The first thing that we are commissioned to do is ask. Invite someone into your space. We talk about being the church of acts when everybody came together and broke bread and they sold things and they did all of these miraculous things and the Holy Spirit was moving. They were inviting people in. They weren't just inviting people that look like them. They weren't just inviting people that they wanted in the space. They were just inviting whomever. And the second part of that ACT is connection. Build deep connections with people. Don't just invite them and say, all right, see you later, and never spend any time with them, never try to understand them, never try to get into their space, never try to get in their world. Again, the Holy Spirit says that we could be witnesses so we can understand those who we don't want to understand, understand those who we don't have a desire to understand, and so forth. And the T the, the is for Thanksgiving. Live generously. Live generously. Give when you see someone has a need, that's what the church in Acts did. It says they sold their possessions. Anybody that had a need it's like, hey, we're going to cover you. We got you. We're a family. We're a community. And the last is S, serve. Serve one another. The Bible says "Let the greatest among you serve in the kingdom. We just want to be the church that loves on people. We just want to be a church that the Holy Spirit can lead in God. We just want to be the church that when the world looks, they say, well, they're setting a good example. And it has nothing to do with the worship, the preaching, the leadership. It has everything to do with the Holy Spirit. They allow the Holy Spirit to lead and guide them into all things. And that is our prayer as we journey through this book of Acts together. Amen? All right, I'm going to pray, and then that's it for me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to have access to your Holy Spirit, Lord. Thank you for thinking enough of us to love on us, to shed your blood so that we could have life and eternal life, Lord. Thank you for a hope for a future. Lord, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit, Lord. Allow every single one of your children in this room to be able to experience you In a marvelous and miraculous way, Lord, let them begin to operate out of the power, the dunamis, marvelous working power that you said we will receive. Let us be sensitive to the instructions of the Holy Spirit. It's in the mighty name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Go in peace.